0: Hello, guys, and welcome back to Paragliding Banter. This episode is a special one for me because I have a very special guest with me today. His name is Gurpreet Dinsa. He's a very well-known paraglider and a well-respected person from the paragliding community here in India. He's been flying since '93, and uh, in '93 he was flying sailplanes. And from '95, he's been flying paragliders. He has taken part in many competitions, paragliding competitions, uh, over 60 of them, and has many podium finishes. He also runs the PG Gurukul cool Paragliding School in Beer, and also has a cafe which serves some yummy kombucha, and that's some. It's one of his other talents that we'll speak about later. So please uh, welcome Gurpreet Dinsa to this. Uh, chat. Gurpreet, welcome. Thank you so much for joining us.
1: Thank you very much, Sajid. It's a pleasure to be here.
0: So, uh, just just for clarity, you are sitting in Bir Himachal Pradesh and I'm in Mumbai and we're doing this over the phone and seems to be working well as of now. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Okay, cool. Marvels of technology.
0: Yeah. Okay. Uh, Gurpreet, uh, it's very difficult for me to call you Gurpreet. I usually call you GD. I'm going to stick to GD. Uh, okay, JD, uh I know that you have done many interviews. Uh, if you, if we Google you, there are lots of interviews and articles about you. So I'm not going to get into the same thing that people talk to you about competitions and the rules and laws and what we should do and what we should change. But today I want you to want to ask you a very basic pertinent question. That is, um, a, a a question that a lot of people come and ask me or people generally have people who have just left the school and just started thermaling, and then, uh, you know, it's all about flying, and it's about the wing. You run a school, you run uh, um, a successful paragliding school, you have students, you teach students, and then they graduate on to become great flyers, and you see them uh, blossom over over the years. And you yourself have flown all sorts of wings, from the basic school wing to a competition glider. So today the question is, what is the difference between different kinds of wings? And a follow-up question to that is, when is a person ready to move on to a next level of a wing and what he should look for? I'll clarify on that a little bit more, probably expand a little bit more. For example, a person who has just left the school has finished his P1, P2, P3, has done other courses and he has done an SIV and he's flying well. He's been, you know, the uh, he or she have has been thermaling, has been flying around, but at one point of time wants, doesn't know when to move to a different wing. And the reason for that is we don't know what the other wing feels like because there's no idea. So could you just talk to us a little bit on, on choosing the wing? What are the different, what characteristics do ENa ENBs high and lows and Cs have.
1: Um, I think first of all we need to understand the certification system, uh, the EN certification or previously what was da certification. Right. Is that they test uh, the recoveries of the glider. They don't test the performance or the handling.
0: Right. It's only
1: work recoveries, Right. And that's why we have low ENa's, low sorry ENBs and high ENBs and now mid B ENBs also. Because recoveries are within the parameters, right? The performance is different, and handling is different. Handling could be sensitive or not. And also, the certification doesn't tell you how often the lighter It only tells you how it recovers. Right. So there is a lot of gap um, in terms of selection. Just the certification doesn't tell you enough. Right.
0: Uh,
1: and also the, reviews, the thing, you know, that,
0: also the reviews. Also the reviews online. I, I mean, think they tell you reviews, something, but. but yeah. yeah.
1: Reviews, yeah, they tell you something, but you really have to consider uh, the source, right? Uh, because some people have made reputation with just showing equipment. Clearly, based on fact that they can afford to buy a lot of equipment and review it, right? Um, so you need to go by uh, person's own depth um, and in the field and experience in the field, and then take the review. But more than that, I would trust uh, the manufacturer's description uh, itself more. Okay. But I think this is slightly off the topic. Uh, okay. If uh, This is about selecting the wing. Right. You we were talking about when to move on. Right. Uh, what I see in India now is too slow moving on.
0: Okay. Um,
1: people are just not moving on. And uh, Yes, I can understand. One, there's no way to test wings. I mean, right. We don't have uh, the wings for... Trials. Just trials, yeah. Right. And second is, um, I don't know, there's a culture of being promoted. I don't know whether it's being whether There's a culture. It's good to be cautious, but I think the community is being too over-cautious. And okay. that's why you see um, there's a huge gap between who's flying CCC and then their new pilots are doing well, but they're just not graduating there. Um, okay. So I don't know whether it's... Uh, it seems, to some extent, it seems to be just caution, okay. which is good to some extent. But then, at some stage, it might hold people back also.
0: Right. So, so here's the thing that you know, like you rightly said, it is caution, and there's a lot of uh, uh, talk about uh, safety. But the other thing is, I'm I'm not I'm not denying that we need to be safe. Of course, we need to be safe, but. Yeah. We also need to grow, right? We need to take certain that's amount exactly of calculated risk. That,
1: Yeah, that's exactly my point. That caution is good, but at some point it becomes uh, reluctance to move on also, and it's uh, it's an inhibiting factor also at some point. So we need to strike a balance. Right. Uh, people need to grow. We need new comp and right. it's not just about competing in the low end competitions and um, getting points. It's about moving on and coming to the Open class also. Because now, let's see, the World Championship this year, right. we don't have people qualifying. I mean, it's said that only me, Debu and Vidya are qualifying. Okay. Um, and nobody else even qualifies. So it's not even a question of selection. It's just automatic. We have no okay. seat. Now we might get the third seat in the uh, next round. So uh, that's sad. There should be some selection. There should be more than the minimum um, like three seats, three people qualifying is not good. There should be nine people qualifying, and then we can have a selection, and that yeah. out a bit of out better. Say...
0: But but what do you think about? So, let's say, uh, sorry, I'm cut cut you in short just to get no, 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 uh, no. just to get the right uh, information uh, from you. Um, mm-hmm. What do you think about people who have uh, you know just finished their uh, their school uh, and they have about 50 hours of flying and they're flying the ENAs. Uh, and um, let's just say that they've just got to thermaling and understand it. And when do you think is the time for them to change? And should they change? Move on to end end your-
1: whenever you learn something you new. Know, let's say you learn thermaling, and uh, there's a point where you're learning, and then there's a point where you consolidation, consolidating the the skills. So your move to new glider should be in the consolidation part, not in the move to next step part, skill-wise. Personally, with my students, I never sell them ENA wings. I always sell them after they finish P3 with me. I ask them to buy low
0: Bs. Okay. Uh,
1: Because simple reason, the ENA doesn't want to turn. It doesn't glide very well. And we're doing thermic flying here in Billing. Right. We need something that can maneuver.
0: So, this is Billy.
1: So, for them, and then I keep them on top to bottom till I see that their handling, particularly pitch control, is very good in thermal. Okay. And then I let them go. For me, the four person thermal, he should have very good pitch control. Okay. Um, and relaxed with deflations. Um, he should have had one or two deflations already, the natural deflations. Right. And then I take them to, th- to a little bit cross country and you know. also accurate landing. If they're not landing accurately, there's no point going. Distance right.
0: Is that primarily because it has more energy than an A? B, I
1: recommend because it turns better. Okay. With okay. the weight shift, it responds better. You can keep it in a thermal without tiring yourself. Right. You can thermal with A,
0: but it's mostly with the brake. Right. It doesn't respond so well to the weight shift. Right. So uh, uh, when you said consolidation, what do you exactly mean by consolidation for a for a? budget? Okay, you know?
1: it's like this that I generally have with my students. I have faces when when I'm teaching them. Right. Uh, then they are doing it on their own, but I see that they're making mistakes. But second part, right. The third part is when they are doing it right and by themselves, and I'm just watching and being happy without letting them know that I'm happy
0: about it. <laughs> right. <Okay. laughs> that that we um, know about. It. <laughs> yeah. It takes time to recognize so that, that,
1: that. But the 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 third part where they're doing it on their own. Okay. Whoever is coaching him is happy with how it's going. Uh, that is the part where they can move on to the next step. Glider. Uh, what I mean to say is that you should not like you should not have just started thermalink with the NA. Right. And you move on to B. If you move on to B, go back to doing top to bottoms for a few days.
0: Okay. Uh, that's a good, good suggestion. B, because if you if want to clear, be, you know the really glider.
1: Yeah. Right. Yeah, know the glider. Right. Do some pitch control exercises, do some roll exercises. Right. Um, try smaller, That
0: that's of thing. So from what I'm hearing from you, you're, uh, you really pay a lot of attention on the movement of the glider and the pilot's yeah. ability to control that and be comfortable in the air about it. So, yeah. whether it be pitch or... The remote. most
1: likely mistake that happens in thermaling is glider pitching too much and getting a big metric uh, because you're turning anyway. So, right. it's gonna be asymmetric, it's not gonna be symmetric. Right. Um, so, pitch control is very important at that stage. But at any stage, well, we can same extrapolate it to going from B to C. Right. And that would be a different level altogether. And then from C to D, right, and D to completion class. So what I mean, whatever stage you are at, right, then you take a step back and change the rider. Take a step back, um, be comfortable, and then again move
0: on forward. Right. So when I changed from an A to a B, uh, I the first so a few years ago. Um the first thing that I noticed was uh, that the glider would dive in a turn. Like an A would turn flat, but a, a B would dive and then get out of it with that energy. And I really enjoyed that. So I can imagine what you're saying in a thermal for somebody who is flying an A, goes on to a B and goes into a thermal. I can imagine the suddenness of the dive for the... Actually, for the
1: from A to B is quite straightforward in the sense that A, because of bigger cells and more drag, it right. doesn't pick forward much. Right. So you don't learn pitch control much on A, Right. and that comes into play only with the B, so that's something you have to learn. So, right. so you that's to something new
0: comment. that you're exposed to on a B, and you need to do a few top-to-bottom flights just to understand that. Yeah, true. That's, that's a good uh, thing. I also want to add over here, uh, GD, uh, I've said this many times, but for for our, viewer, for our listeners, um, I once uh, attended your uh, theory class. Uh, we happened to come there for our certification, and we attended your theory class somewhere in Bilaspur. And I have to tell you that uh, it was the best uh, explanation that I have ever got, uh, a clear understanding. So, guys, anybody who wants any theory classes uh, and and clarity, uh, you can get in touch with GD, and I'm sure he'll be happy to, you know, support you on that. And and, and can, up can up get go classes online or buy them online. Maybe one on one. Okay, so, uh, GD, my uh, follow up question on this is, what difference do you see in uh thermal handling of a of a pilot who is probably a competition pilot versus somebody who's in a high end b glider what nuances are there so would it be like when a when a pilot moves from an a to a b where a does not dive so much or does not pitch so much and suddenly you have a a, a glider b which is more agile and helpful in a the thermal would that same thing apply to a high end B, uh, sorry, uh, yeah,
1: high end B to a C? Um, I think from B to C, it's more performance gain and uh, not that big a difference in handling. Right. Um, There are consequences. Uh, there are, like, uh, there are, uh, um, what you give away uh, is a little bit more stability. Right. Uh, like, uh, more likely to go on C than B. B. Uh, mm-hmm. If you get things wrong, if you're heavy handed or something and B won't do that, um, particularly low B's won't do that. Right. Um, because the higher aspect ratio and stuff like that. But there is, handling wise is not, in fact, when you go from B, this is the difference. When you go to A to B, you feel nervous because B feels a little out of control. Right. When you go from B to C or from C to D, the bladder right. actually feels better.
0: Okay, really. if when
1: you go from C to D, yeah, glider feels better. Or you even go from D to C, 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 glider feels better. It feels more responsive. But they are unforgiving in the terms that uh, your reaction has to be right.
0: Right.
1: Uh, Earlier yeah, it was forgiving. But even if you don't react, it still has some inherent stability. When you go from D to C, like I said, not much different. But going from C to D right. or to C to C, um, your reaction has to be right at right time. Right. There is no room for panic, sudden, abrupt controls right. or over controlling, particularly over controlling. Right. Uh, particularly CCC wings, they don't like to be checked too much. If you are mm-hmm. heavy-handed on brakes, then forget it. Don't go to CCC. And right. your touch needs to be very light, but at, at the right time and right. right. So small, like. You hardly see competition pellets moving either in the harness or with the brakes because all it's taking is a squeeze on the brake. It's not taking like a whole moment of your arm.
0: Right. It's more sensitive.
1: More sensitive. But the input, if it's strong input, it will be equally unforgiving also. Right. Right. So it it reacts, but then your input has to be right. It's, It's not taking into account... The designer is not into taking taking into account wrong input by the pilot at yeah. that stage.
0: Yeah, because, because by now it. you have to have your active piloting skills and... Yeah.
1: And particularly you should not have any panicky reactions. Reactions, uh, yeah.
0: That yeah. Those are not forgiven
1: not at all. In fact, so, in most of incidents in C are also due to panicky moments.
0: Right. So, so lots of SIV, lots of time in the air, lots of dynamic movements uh flying in various places getting used to Um, the pitch i mean
1: all these are good but um also what helps is clarity of thought and that comes from having the right concepts i've seen currently i see some people who have done a lot of uh, even sivs um, but not getting there why because at some fundamental level some concepts are not right um, and that kind of builds itself, it multiplies as you, your habits kind of form up. So that clarity of basic thoughts is also very important because that, that eventually forms your reactions. What the models you have in your brain about the, the behavior is going to define how you are going to act in an emergency.
0: Mm-hmm. Right. But, so, uh, I would imagine, uh, GD, uh, like at least that's what I do is, um, the the reaction or the general uh, handling of the glider in in thermals uh, is automatic, right? And and then you're looking around to see what do you do now, who's flying next, who's getting a better climb, or uh, is there any bird around? We're not really... Uh, really paying so much attention to... You know, but
1: even even our subconscious is um, it's um, driven by the models we have in our brain, you know?
0: Ah, that's a very good, how point. We that's a very how good we, point. It's
1: about before the shit happens, how mm-hmm. we simulate, and that is driven by the model you have in your brain.
0: Right. And that right. kind
1: of builds into your subconscious, and if your model was wrong at some point, you will be driving wrong. And you think you have resolved it, but actually you haven't, because the basic starting assumption was wrong. That's the thing with physics. They teach you is that if basic assumption was wrong at the beginning, then the whole
0: thing is going to turn out something else. That's a very, very important point. That's, a, that's that gives a yeah. lot of clarity. So if you if you don't pay attention to your basics, you will build on something which is going I, to. Sometime.
1: Sometimes uh, people tell me, oh, I'll do basic somewhere else and then I'll come to you and I generally find that uncomfortable. Right. Because I feel Then you continue there. It's like, I don't want, it's not about business, but then you continue there because same kind of thought pattern. Something for me, then to repair or to change something gets difficult because I don't even know what's built into this guy's mind now. Right. What model he carries there. Right. I, I,
0: yeah, This. this makes a lot of sense now. So, um, um the 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 exams that you give and the reading that you do that's very important to really understand and yes. and and put that in practice and really see if that really works for for example like uh like the weather uh i've been doing the, the weather, weather uh for for some time now and because i'm
1: getting pretty good with it now
0: yeah i'm, I'm enjoying it <laughs> because I got very, very upset with the with the fact that uh, every time I would go to the to the um, uh, takeoff and everybody would give their own views on weather and they'll be super confident about it. And out of five views, one view would work, and they would say, "See, I told you." And what was the basis of that? So I went down to the basics of to really understand what the hell is going on over here. And now. Uh, we predict pretty much very close to what's really going to happen, and not only at the takeoff but the vertical uh, uh, phase also. So I really, really appreciate what you've just said, and it's r- extremely valuable. We need to get our basics right, and we have a subconscious. And when things go wrong, if if the subconscious is wrong, uh, things in our subconscious are wrong, then we are going to react in that way. That's that's brilliant. Thank you very much for that. Yeah. All right. So oh, yeah, uh... so from from the uh, we did from B to C and you said that uh, its handling is almost the same, it's just that the performance increases. Uh, I would like you, your viewpoint, since you have flown all over India and since we're doing primarily uh, for uh, the flying conditions in India. Uh, all the places in India are hot except for beer billing where it is cooler and the thermals are, are much bigger, stronger, wider and uh, pretty pretty uh, in springtime pretty strong. What would you think about the flying styles in different conditions of India? Primarily three places, just for our listeners to understand. The first one being Bir. The same pilot flying in Bir versus flying in and uh, versus flying in Panchkani. What would your thoughts be on the thermal quality and the air quality there?
1: Ooh. Do we need a another pilot for that? <laughs> um I mean, what is required, you mean, in skill level? Or yeah, how the yeah. population, what, what, population what do you think? Of, that,
0: uh, I, I'll give you a little bit more explanation on this. What happens is we fly in Kamsheed all the time. We have high winds. We have uh, broken thermals at times. We have slanty thermals. Uh, then we go to Punchgani. Panjgani is uh, stronger, punchier thermals, uh, also sometimes strong winds. And uh, in uh, beer is completely different for us. Ah, uh, it's uh, almost nil wind at times, and stronger, straighter thermals, and sometimes uh, 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 pretty strong ones too. So, our flying changes subconsciously somewhere to these things to adapt. Once What's your view on that? And depending please, on the glider you're first, flying.
1: Let Let me first make a simple uh, um, statement here: is that good pilot would be one who flies at maximum number of flights. Right. Because each place has its own things to teach. Right. Billing teaches you something. Kamsha teaches you something. Kamsha teaches you something. And like even these three doesn't cover all. You might go to Macedonia, find different conditions. You might go to Bulgaria next door and find different conditions. Right. So maximum number of sites flown uh, is the best option. Um, Generally people ask me, what's your favorite site? And my answer is generally the new site.
0: (laughs) Right <laughs> because yeah because,
1: that's, is, that's a, that's that's a uh, because it's easy to figure out one site and become expert there only, but then to go somewhere and figure out a place right by looking at it and nailing it, that is the real challenge, right. or that's the thing that gives me pleasure, is like, oh, I nailed it, yeah, um,
0: right.
1: so um each place like. Billing will get you, I'm starting out to south, not, no preference as such. Billing will get used to okay. uh, what, let's say, thermal flying books tell you about where to find trigger point. Right. Thermal are more or less more vertical. They don't move. They are from the trigger point only. Right. Normally clouds form. It gives you good judgment of development of clouds because a lot of days with over development. And let you go um, big distances because ridges are perfect, uh, right? Distances of it, right? So it's, everybody knows why billing is good. Right. Um, landing wise, you have to get used to smaller landings, surprises of uh, power lines, and line. bigger steps.
0: That's right.
1: So, all those things you learn here. shape, uh, you have very small height difference to find the thermal in or to uh, save yourself with ridge lift. so you become <laughs> yeah. efficient there. Uh, it will learn you. You learn about, um, uh, but about flying at the minimum sink rate, let's say,
0: which right. you
1: seldom care about in building. Correct. Um, get better with efficient terms, and you need to. Uh, you learn how to separate the feel of uh, ridge lift from thermic lift, right. which you don't learn in deer. Right. Uh, I think that way is more challenging because it's rougher thermals right. and sometimes different wind in valley, different higher up, right. um, very leaning and moving thermals, um, sometimes convergence lines, which makes it too strong also. So all those things are different there. And also the temperature feel, it's when it's colder wind, you tend to be more sensitive to wind speed. And when it's warmer wind, you don't learn to judge it so well. Right. So you become. So each place is teaching you something.
0: So you fly more, and uh, uh, you are absolutely yeah, right. Because,
1: it be my addition to pilots would be to fly as many different places as right. possible.
0: Just grab the and opportunity to fly at the, new places. Yeah,
1: grab the opportunity to fly at new places.
0: That's right. You're right because you know my the 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 breakthrough in my flying happened in Bali, uh, where everyone says it's a very easy site to fly, but I learned a lot in that those strong uh, yeah. wind conditions and it, although it's laminar but still uh, I learned a lot so yeah you're right so the more you fly the more different conditions you fly the more you learn yeah. and, and you have... I mean it,
1: people might have like uh, we can compare two pilots with 100 hours and if they're just flown one site in 100 hours that won't be as good as a person who has flown five true. sites in 100 hours
0: true. that's true
1: and we should have flown five sites in 100
0: hours that's my recommendation yes that is, that is perfect. Jiri, uh, we learned a lot in this uh, small chat uh, on on which wing to choose, how to choose, when to move on to a higher wing, and uh, the different flying styles uh, that you suggested. And finally, that we need to fly different sites to get better. And, and, and like you said, your favorite site would be the new site that you fly. So thank you so much for all this valuable information and i really appreciate you coming online and having a chat this is not the uh, only chat that's going to be i'm going to bother you again and i'll get you on with you more the chat, chat so that we can get into your mind more and really thank you very much uh anything you would want to add um, no
1: thank you very much it's a great initiative keep it up I mean, flying stories was a good initiative and now Perfect. this is another good initiative yeah more knowledge sharing is better
0: yeah good. Perfect. Thank you very much, Jiri. I really appreciate it.
1: Bye bye. All right, sir. Bye bye.